but I appreciate you saying that you uh, try to do more technique with the women you roll with because that is something that I haven't had any like really bad experiences rolling with guys, but there's a few people that are, they're a lot stronger. Like I feel like I'm fairly strong, but there's some that are really strong and I like rolling with them, but I tell them, I tell them like, Hey, I understand that you're strong and you can just muscle out of all this stuff, but that's not going to help your game. It's not going to help my game because, you know, if we go to a competition, you're not going against me and I'm not going against you. So let's just work on our technique. Welcome to the show. What's going on, everybody? It is Dante again with another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. My guest this week is a jiu-jitsu grappler. I know a lot of my episodes recently, they've been all over the place. So I'm trying to bring it back to a base of where we started with jiu-jitsu. So I wanted to bring on a, a new guest. Uh, you know, as again, my previous guests have all been a lot of repeats. So I wanted to bring in... Um, guess who is new to grappling. So I want to speak with her and get her experience and just get an understanding of how she feels about jujitsu. So this week's guest will be Julia Blackburn, and she is a lawyer. So that should be interesting as well and fun to kind of get an understanding. Thanks all for joining us. And thank you, Julia. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for doing this. This this is, it's always odd to me having guests, especially it, you know, when it's, when it's distanced, um, it's always odd to me because I feel like a lot of the guests are pretty, you know, like friends that I grew up with or something. So we sit down and we start cracking jokes and everything. Then when it's someone new that I haven't met before and it's like, Oh man. All right. Well, like, how, all right. I, I hope I don't, but because I, I'm a silly guy, so and I go on rants, so I'm like, okay, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in, be together. So that it, it, it's odd to me, but I'm gonna try to make it as as comfortable as possible for you. So um, thank you for coming on and joining me in my awkwardness. Um, so you know, as as stated, you know, just a few minutes ago, you are relatively new to jujitsu. When did you? When exactly did you start training? Uh, well, first, I want to say I also am very awkward. So this will be possibly maybe the world's awkwardest podcast. Let's let's see. Uh, <laughs> I started training no gi January 2020. And then I started gi training April 2020. So coming up on a year for my gi training now. Okay, awesome. And from doing my Instagram spying, I see that you've been competing and winning at that, not just competing and, and, you know, showing up like, yeah, well, I gave it my best. Like you gave it your best and, you, and your best was, you know, way more than enough taking home gold. So, uh, and that's awesome to see, you know, within your first year of training, you're out there competing and, and, you know, making magic happen. So that's really cool. Going into competing, how did you, you know, well, actually, coming into jujitsu, like, what got you 
here? Like, what, like, why did you pick jujitsu versus Taekwondo or Muay Thai or, you know, anything else? Yeah. So I've always been an active person. I grew up horseback riding and that was always fun for me. Uh, and then when I went to college, of course, I had to have a PE credit. So I took Taekwondo there and I did some kickboxing. And then uh, when I started last year, I was actually living in um, Augusta working for a judge. And a few months in, I was like, you know, I am a woman working in these smaller towns, not like it's prestigious and high threat environment, but I said, you know, it's probably best to have a little more, you know, self-defense experience. So I found uh, an MMA gym, shout out to Grubel's MMA in Augusta. I started with their kickboxing classes and then coach said, you know, you should try jujitsu. And I, everybody asked me what made you keep doing it? Cause I think it's a common thing for people to stop. I'm just a really stubborn person. <laughs> so the coach uh, out there, he basically got top mount on me and just sat on me for five minutes. And I of course had no idea how to get out of it. And he's a big guy. And so now I'm stuck doing jujitsu until I know how to escape a 250 pound black belts mount. So I'm stuck forever now. Good for you. You know, you know, taking the initiative There's a lot of people. I have a lot of friends, male and female, that when the topic of self-defense comes up, you know, everyone thinks, you know, well, I'll be fine. I'm scrappy. I'm tough. You know, when I see red, they're in trouble. You're like, okay, it's not realistic. Like, and, and I was one of those guys too. So, you know, I, I get it, but, you know, good for you taking that initiative and, you know, saying to yourself, you know, maybe I should have something, you know, in, in my tool bag, you know, just in case, because you never know there are a lot of goofy people out there these days that just, you know, they, they don't make any sense. So yeah, bravo to you. Um, so when was your first competition? My first competition, it must have been the end of August. Yeah. So when I first started jiu-jitsu, I had no want or need to compete. That scared me. I said, no, no, I'm just here to learn some self-defense. And then probably four months into it, I was like, competition sounds interesting. And then I moved up uh, to where I currently am at Nova Unia with Diego and their big competitors. And there was a new breed competition coming up and they're like, go try it, see how you like it. If you don't like it, you never have to do it again. You don't have to do it at all. And I said, well, seems, seems okay. <laughs> so I went and did it and I did no gi and gi. I took gold in no gi and silver in gi. Good, good. My first competition was also new breed. I think new breed's a really good uh, competition, you know, to kind of start off because, you know, people are there and they're competitive, mm -hmm. but it's not like they're out there to be world beaters. It's kind of that testing ground for you to just kind of see how you feel because. You know, most competitions always feel like everybody's friendly, but you can still feel that air of, you know, I'm here for business where new breed. I was talking to the guys in my bracket. They're all super duper nice. And I was like, dude, I can't compete against these guys. They're sweethearts. I don't want to I don't want to fight them now. 
but they wanted to fight me. Okay. Um, so, but that's, that's good. Um, you know, congrats on the gold and, you know, and the, you know, the silver, uh, you know, in your first competition at that. So that's really, really cool. You recently took gold in Dallas. Yes, that's right. So that was my fourth competition, Dallas, um, the beginning of March and we got gold there. That was really fun. And it's funny you say that uh, IBJJF could be a little bit more competitive. I actually started talking with all the girls in my bracket and now we're like friends on Instagram and we're like waiting to get matches again against each other. Uh, just talking about our training and everything. So it was really fun to meet up with them there. And then also to have the good um, competition there. I only had two matches. That's something I've realized is my weight class and age and belt. There aren't that many people in my division. There's usually like five to six or so. So there's only, I think, five in Dallas. But it's still a really good match. Well, it's good to still get the that um that different exposure too i think mm-hmm. even for myself my age and weight in a belt rank i don't think there are ever really a lot of people in the brackets i don't compete um very often if at all it's just i'm an old dude just looking the i'm a hobbyist <laughs> this is just a hobby for me so I'm like hey you want to compete I'm like yeah fuck no <laughs> not this guy uh-uh. yeah. but you know it, it, it's it's good to get that different look so and and then it's also like you said now you're all you know you're friends with the girls on instagram and you'll probably see them again real soon in competition i, I have teammates you know they they see the same competitors over and over and over almost like they're keeping tally in their head all right i beat him last time he beat me this time mm-hmm. I, I gotta get it back next time i can't let him get back the backs on me you know, but there's still that good friendship too to it. Even you know, a couple of guys that are doing MMA. You know, you see them buddying up afterward. You know, training together. So that's a beautiful thing about this sport is, you know, you're competing against each other, but there's still a bond and friendship. Uh, you know, just going through it together. So cool. Yeah, it's amazing the bonding and friendship that we get out of this. I wasn't expecting that at all when I started jujitsu and it's still hard to explain to friends and family. Like I'll go and once my mom came and watched my, just my training and she's like, you guys are all really friends. You go, you look like you're trying to kill each other. I, I can't believe you're all happy and laughing and going to lunch and having beers. And that's just incredible. I think there's something to be said about that though, too. When you're trying to, like you're not trying to hurt each other, but you know, when, when you're going through something together and afterward, you know, there's just this, this, you know, this laughter that, you know, you guys hug and it's like, all right, let's go out and get a Korean barbecue and then have lunch and everything's cool. And you come back and do it again. So and it's, it, I think for people on the outside, they, you, you know, you can't really understand until you're in there. So, you know, they'll learn one day. Yeah. And when you went into your first competition, how did you feel going into it? Uh, I was nervous and just kind of when I get nervous and stressed, I'm very internal. 
So I actually got a huge migraine beforehand, just the amount of stress. And, uh, but I took some Tylenol and it went away, <laughs> luckily. And the first match was Nogi, which I was kind of more comfortable at the time in Nogi than Gi. And I honestly don't remember it at all. I remember, I don't I think we both, sorry, that's my dog thumping. I know. Luna, are you done? Come in. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my first match, I remember walking across and shaking hands and then, okay, can I help you, Luna? No? Okay, sorry. Uh, first match, we walked and I remember walking in, shaking hands, and then they're raising my hand at the end. I don't really remember. I have the video of what happened and it was just a triangle finish, but I don't remember it very well. My other matches I can remember, but I guess there was just so much adrenaline going. Uh, but then after that first competition, I've been pretty relaxed since then. Luna, that's not the time to whine. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I get it. I, like I said, I have a four-year-old daughter. She'll come down. And she's like, oh, you got the microphone? Let me see that. I want to sing. She's had her little fuss. <laughs> it's all right because that can all be edited. So it's perfectly fine. I like to leave stuff like that in, though, because it lets people know, oh, they are real people. Like Dante's not just like phoning it in with like, you know, <laughs> computers. <laughs> like, yeah. Humans that have pets. Um, well, I, I, it's funny because looking back, I, I still go back and look at the video of my first competition. I don't remember any of it. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't even think I won. <laughs> like, I was just like, huh? Like, what happened? I won. Dude, I was getting beat up. Like, if that was a real fight, I, I, I would have lost that fight. That dude would have beat me up, went and told his girlfriend about it. And I would have been like, man, I'm sorry. You want to be buddies? I owe you a popcorn. Let's go watch a movie together. But I think everyone goes into that that first competition hell even current competitions you know there's some people that i hear now that they've been competing for years they still go in really really nervous so some people say it goes away some people say you know you just power through yeah. so i guess um, it's pretty individual because i went uh in dallas and i stayed with a few members of my team and bless his heart one guy he's competed a lot and he still was very nervous and at i'm this was my fourth competition, so I haven't competed a lot, but I was getting better in my stress levels and I was feeling pretty calm. But that just seeing him getting so nervous when he has done all these more competitions than I have, I was like, should I be getting more nervous? So no, this isn't good. And I just kind of stayed away from him while he was in his little nervous <laughs> mindset. I said, I, I don't need that right now. I'm, I'm going to listen to my music. That's what I have that calms me down. I have a playlist that's specifically my competition rage playlist. And you'll see me on the sidelines just sitting there like jamming out, waiting. And then they motion me forward. I'm like, okay, let's go. What's on the playlist? Give me three songs on the playlist. Okay. Her, I'll pull it up on my... As I was at work yesterday, riding around on the golf cart, and for some reason I had this urge to listen to Limp Biscuit break stuff. And I haven't listened to Limp Biscuit since I don't know what year, but just I was like, you know what? I want to listen to break stuff. And I was like, man, I don't know if that's like 
helpful for me to listen to before even tra- whenever I go into go to train, I listen to a lot of like pop music and R and B to calm mm-hmm. me down. And then when I get into the playing like DMX, I'm like, like, dude, like a little aggressive, but okay, whatever. Yeah, um, that's like my. I have I do the same. I listen to chill like rap and pop when I like to roll. And then my three of the songs on my competition playlist. Let's see, I have uh, Bad Mother. Can we swear on here? Of course. Yeah, Bad Motherfucker by Machine Gun Kelly. Nice. Okay, go. And uh, what's another good one I have? Um, it's, it's really funny. It's called Get Off My Back by Brian Adams. And it's a song. It was in uh, this horse movie I was I watched when I was growing up. And I recently heard it again. I was like, well, that's perfect to get a song, Get Off My Back. I think there's some songs that I always feel like just go very well with jujitsu. One that a lot of people in the community, I don't want to say a lot, but I always see uh, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang Clan, Protect Your Neck. Yeah. Um, so whenever, you know, there's any video I might post, somebody getting choked, I like to add Protect Your Neck to it. It's always interesting to try to find out what people are listening to or even thinking before they step onto the mat. Mm-hmm. I, I think for myself, I don't even know if I was thinking. I had to pee really bad. So that's what I was thinking about. I was like, I should go pee now. And then they called my name. So I went onto the mat with a full bladder. And my only concern in that match was to not get choked unconscious because I know I would have peed myself. Mm-hmm. And the the venue was eight minutes from my house. So I know if I peed myself on that mat, everyone will probably remember it. And there'd be a billboard with my face. I'm saying, hey, this dude pees himself. Um, so, um, th- those are my thoughts before <laughs> competing in it. You know, so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, others have normal thoughts. No, I definitely have had that thought before too. Uh, and just make sure I get into the restroom beforehand. So, but basically when I, I get on the mat or next to the mat, listening to my music, I just, Send a prayer up that everybody will be safe and the best outcome of whoever needs to win that day will win that day. And it's worked out so far. Well, that's good. Good. That's a that's a really healthy thing. Just kind of going in there and just you wanted people to be safe because at the end of the day, we have to go back to work on Monday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like you see some com- uh, competitions, people are getting like really like jacked up, not because of their opponent, but sometimes like I, I'm stubborn. Like I, I have a short, stocky neck, so when people try to choke me, I you know I'm not tapping unless it's like really, really in. But if, if you're going for an arm bar or a Kimura, I'm probably going to tap because it, it's going to hurt. But you got some people that aren't going to tap; they will go through and say, "Dude, it's a three dollar medal." I'll, I'll buy you one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's something I'm always a little bit concerned about. And I think it's just my nature is it, despite being in this sport, I do not like hurting people. And I always would feel really bad if somebody gets hurt. Nobody, I haven't hurt anyone, but I, for that reason, I think I subconsciously go for a lot more chokes than anything. And 
because I, I would just feel absolutely horrible if that happened to me in competition where my opponent wouldn't tap. So for that reason, and I'm also decent at triangles, so it works out. So I've seen. Yes. Uh, so have, have you had any, you know, injuries, like minor injuries or anything uh, up to this point in training? Yeah, so right now I'm babying my right knee meniscus. That's fine. Um, I, when I, as I mentioned, I grew up riding horses, so that's just a leftover injury from riding horses, and it can just get re-injured on occasion. Um, and unfortunately for me, I have a competition next Sunday and a slightly injured knee. So that's just a lot of icing and rolling easy. Uh, I've gotten some, I guess it's tennis elbow, where your arm just gets overextended. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm always careful of my back because I also injured my back riding horses. So very careful of that. But that's, I feel like, not a huge concern in jujitsu because we're pretty careful unless you're stacked or something. Uh, it's it's a, it can become a thing. I know I'm having some back issues now, but I'm also old i'm like in my 40s so and i've never taken care of my body so yeah um, it it can become a thing but you know it i think you're young enough where you know you're kind of ahead of it as long as you take care of yourself i think you can be fine yeah. I, I think i can be fine too um if i could you know get back to taking care of myself but yeah just watch out for the back it's terrible yeah, I know. I definitely, because of that, I, it's, um, I broke my T10 vertebrae. And so that's the, it's fine. It's fine. I say that now that everybody is like, oh my gosh, how are you walking? It's okay. It hurt a lot at the time, but it's okay. And I just am protective of it now. But because of that, I try to do a lot more yoga and mobility exercises. And if anything, I think jujitsu helps any kind of like back pain that I would normally get because I've strengthened my core so much. Mm -hmm. So it is, it's a balancing act. Sure. Absolutely. And I think there was a point where I was training a lot and the extra training actually helped my, you know, helped my back. But once I had started training less, you know, specifically 2020 with COVID kind of knocking every, everyone for a loop mm -hmm. my back started hurting more but i think a lot of that was i, I was going through a mental burnout with jiu-jitsu kind of so i was like let me you know everything shut down anyway like COVID, you know i i don't wish you know pandemics on people and in, in, in places but once they said lockdown and you don't you know you can't go anywhere i was like dude sign me up i, I can't leave the house like say less <laughs> like i'm in so yeah. but the problem is then i got very comfortable with like my wife she works nights so she couldn't go to work um you know she she's home so it's like oh let's catch up on tv shows let's catch up on movies so i spent a lot of time sitting so i think it wasn't so much not doing jujitsu as much as it was just being very uh immobile and just you know i, I had matt's in my basement, I have weights, treadmill, 
um, everything. But it was like, dude, it's time to catch up. You know, I don't. It's like I, I hardly ever get to sit down and watch, you know, a sitcom with my wife or watch it, you know, a really bad horror movie with my wife. So we spent three months every single night. It was just like, oh, date night every night. Let's watch movies. Like we had a schedule, and then next thing I know, we're able to get back to the mat. I was like, ooh, my back hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do that. Yeah, it's always difficult to get back into training. So I don't think I've taken more than a week off or so. Yeah, about a week or so off um, since I started. And you say about burnout. I'm worried that I will get burnout eventually because I train five to seven times a week in two class, like two hours a day. Um, but I have I haven't gotten burnout yet i always go and i never regret going i'll regret not going i think it's different for everyone uh i know for me the first two years that i trained i could only train one day a week once i was able to go multiple times a week i think for the next two years it was like at least five six days a week non-stop and I think that's when that burnout hit. I went like two years, like training, you know, as much as possible. And it, it was more because I was like, it was right before I got promoted to Blue Belt that that happened because I think I just felt like mentally it was like, like, I know I'm learning, but I feel like I'm just dancing in circles and my body was just getting non-stop like my, my coach had me working on um spider guard and, and lasso so my fingers were hurting non-stop my knuckles were swollen every day and i was like okay it's time for a break and i took like a week off and came back i felt refreshed and then went back to it and then <clears throat> uh then covid hit a year later and it was just like okay Here's this long break. And now I find myself right now trying to get back into the groove of it. Just, I, I love jujitsu, but it's this weird thing now. It's like my schedule's so bizarre now. And I, I think that's the thing I feel like for a lot of people have to be kind of aware of too is, you know, when you're doing jujitsu, like fitting it into your schedule or fitting your schedule around jujitsu is we moved to the house that we, we bought this house because it was closer to jujitsu. <laughs> I was like, okay, can I get closer? How? Like I want to buy a house here. So I'm committed to this gym. It's like I'm not going anywhere else. I'm, I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. gym. It's funny you say that. Cause I, I currently rent where I am now and I found the perfect location, the perfect house and everything. And then a little while ago, my, landlord said she's going to sell the house so I started of course like freaking out because right now I have a perfect commute I'm five minutes to my office 15-20 minutes to my gym and I was like how am I ever going to find somewhere else so I started looking actually closer I was like well now I could be five minutes from my gym and that'd be even better I ended up finding someplace that's just a mile from where I am now that's uh, going to work out for me. But I too had the same thought. I was like, if I could just be five minutes from the gym, I could train maybe even more <laughs> or at least not be so tired on the drive back home at 930 at night. That was my exact thought. Like, it was like, okay, because where I lived before, I was about 30, 35 minutes from the gym. I don't know, about 30 minutes. 
and then where I live now, the so our gym has since moved closer to me actually because <laughs> it's like okay, I went from thirty five minutes to twenty minutes away from the gym, and now the gym is about maybe ten minutes. 10 to 15 minutes from me now where they've moved to. So it's like, okay, this is getting better. I'm not, my wife, when we bought this house, my wife was like, oh, it's a nice little starter home. I was like, girl, I'm committed. <laughs> like I'm spending all 30 of those years here and then some. So you can start all you want, but I'm going to finish. Like I'm staying at this place. As long as the gym doesn't move. If the, if the gym moves and it's like, mm. <laughs> all right, let, let me see what's closer to this gym now. But uh, yeah, fitting life around jujitsu, I, I think that's once you start really getting into it, I think that becomes a game. It's not fitting jujitsu into your life. It's fitting your life into jujitsu. I'm okay with that personally. Yeah, uh, I do. that's what I do. I have a not strict schedule, but it's a pretty, pretty decent schedule. I have every day of like, well, it does help me because I'm the type of person that will continue to work until the sun goes down. But every day I say, well, it's time to go because I have to get home, spend my hour at home, just fix up the house, being with my animals, and then time to head out for jujitsu. So I like that it stops me from working all day long. Oh, well, yeah, it, it, it's a good it's a good break. I, I'm not sure how others balance it. I, have, I had a hard time balancing it, balancing jujitsu because once I got into training nearly every day, there was nothing else in the world that exists besides my my wife, and my daughter, and even with my daughter, she was an infant, so it was like I'm trying to find ways. Like, what can what kind of drills can I do with my infant daughter? You know, it's like I, like I can hold her while I'm shrimping. <laughs> I can do you know foot circles while while holding the kid. I can do Gracie stand ups. You know, it's like. Anything that I can do while feeding the feeding the baby. Um, now that she's older, it's like now, like I, I have her working on little things here and there, but you know nothing, nothing that that's crazy yet. I, I can't be a coach for my kid. I, I don't want to be the reason my kid goes to therapy. Yeah, uh, like, that's her mom. I'm gonna make her mom be the reason, not me. I think life in general is just the reason to be in therapy or to do jujitsu and choke people. It's free therapy, you know? Yes. I work. I'm a really calm, relaxed person, despite being a litigator where most people are very uppity. And uh, some people, they're like, you're like the Buddha. We come talk to you. You're just so calm about everything. And I'm like, well, that's because I spend two hours every day trying to choke people. I would not be this calm if I didn't do that. That's actually very true. That's a fact. I, I feel like that plays very well into, like, at my job, I, I, um, I'm in storage, so I rent storage to people, and I get a lot of tenants that come in upset and aggressive, and, you know, I, I talk them down. <laughs> like, it's a very calm discussion. And I think part of what goes on there, though, is in my head, I've already figured out how to get them to the ground, get their back, get, you know, get my hooks in, choke them unconscious, wake them up and do it again. And, you know, meanwhile, they're yelling at me <laughs> and I'm like, OK, so here's how we're going to, you know, resolve this, you know, the situation. Speak to them calmly and then get out of there. And then I go to the gym and it's like, OK, I've had a rough day. It's time for war. And yeah. usually I get humbled and I'm like, sorry, I was joking. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'll do the same thing if I've had a long day at work and I, I come to the gym. I'm like, oh, I had this really annoying thing happen. And then they all, they all turn. They're like, okay, angry Julie's out today. And they'll put me with like the black belt first who just takes all my energy away. And I'm like, he's, he loves it though. He's funny. I, that's what they all love about my gym now is we have really amazing upper belts and, and lower belts too, but everybody is a great training partner and I could just go in and they want my aggression to come out sometimes because they say that I'm training better that way. So they'll say, come on, angry Julie, come out. <laughs> and it's, it's just a really good way to get that energy out and then you can go to sleep at the end of the day. Yeah. Do you have a nickname? Or like kind of a yeah nickname at the gym. I do. So I didn't have one for the longest time, and I was wondering what would what it would end up being. They tried to be. So my last name is Blackburn, and they they said, "Oh, feel the burn, Blackburn," like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Not that I have anything against Bernie Sanders, but I was like, "That's too long. No, thank you." Um, and then I ended up. I have this gi that I made, well not made, but I ordered a blank gi and got some cool patches for it. And one of them is, uh, I don't know if you ever saw that YouTube video, probably like six or 10 years ago, or it's a uh, honey badger, don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. So I have, a, I found the patch that said honey badger, don't give a shit. And now my nickname is badger. Excellent. Yeah. It, it, it seems fitting just the way you described it. It's like you come in, had a rough day. It's like, oh, here's a honey badger. Yeah. <laughs> stay, also, I've been told I'm just very relentless, like especially with my triangles. When I decide that I want to get one, I just keep trying and trying every entry until I can sink a triangle in. So I think it also fits for that. Well, that's good. I mean, that's good. Just be that persistent too for a move. The, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you're, you're going to deny me? Yeah. <laughs> you go and get your move on. And then they're like, okay, I guess she won't be ignored. She will not be denied. So good for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I say that exactly what goes through my head. of like, you will not deny me this triangle. <laughs> but I think so, that's one thing that I really like about the triangles is I have really long legs. So it works for me. But also with guys that are stronger, obviously most guys could be stronger it doesn't really help them with the strength to get out of a triangle. So I always joke at my gym. I not anymore. I'm always kind of still secretly carrying on in my mind because I have a short stocky neck and, and broad shoulders. It's tough to get me in a triangle, which it was tough to finish the triangle on me. So there was a period where I was telling people like, more so people I knew that were going to struggle with it. If you can get me in the triangle and make me tap, I will buy you dinner. So I put a target on my own back. Yeah. And it. so there's one guy who actually, because I haven't been uh, tapped with a triangle for a while. Well, I, last year, right before COVID, I got tapped. But prior to that, it had been a while. But there's this one guy who trained with us in our morning Wednesday morning classes and he had to adjust quite a bit. And I think it became a matter of he, it was, it was in tight, but I felt kind of secure, but it was really a, a game of exhaustion at that point because he was not going to give up. 
he just kept adjusting. I kept going. He kept going. It was like, okay, this guy's not going to give up. Fortunately, he didn't hear about the, the stipulation of dinner. So I didn't have to buy him any food. But if he ever listens to this, which I don't believe he does, I don't think a lot of my teammates listen to this. Like, if he ever hears this, uh, he he will get dinner. Um, but triangles are tough. I like triangles because I have short legs, so it's tougher for me to get the triangle. But once it's locked on, yeah, you're you're in. Um, that so I, I do enjoy. I enjoy triangles. I love Kamor just because just the control. Like even if I'm not going for a submission, I can get a sweep out of it. Um, and there's just ultimate control, especially in no gi. But mm-hmm. th- that did answer one of my, you know, questions was like, you know, what's your favorite submission? You know, and obviously, as you've discussed quite a diff- quite a few different times now here, triangle. Um, yeah. What's your second favorite submission then? Um, probably Ezekiel. Yeah. I like that. Well, is it fair to say body triangle is different? No, actually. So I think we we're parking our cars in the same garage here, Julia. I, like we're very similar in, in the things we like. Cause I love a good body triangle. I, again, I have short legs, mm-hmm. but if I can get a body triangle on somebody, I'm locking that in. And usually it's the skinnier grapplers. Like I'll get on their back and I'm just like body triangle and just, hang out i didn't know that you were allowed to tap people with body triangles so i would i would get i would take the back get my points and then go to a body triangle just for security and then uh, so we have a different coach that teaches nogi and he doesn't teach to the ibjjf rules and so he's like yeah just start just squeeze so i thought it was illegal because (laughs) most things that he teaches are illegal and then I say, wait, can I use this in competition? He's like, yeah, you could tap a lot of girls to a body triangle because I did it to him. He's like, you could tap most people with this. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and now I end up, people don't like me to take their backs because then I, I can apparently rearrange some organs. But I find it very useful. It, it is. It's it's an equalizer. Once you get that back and you lock, yeah, you get your points, you lock in the body triangle and you can just hang out. Mm-hmm. It's, I have, I mean, again, with little legs, it's a little tougher when I got somebody that's got a, you know, a little bit of a wider uh, midsection, but you know, you can still make it happen. It's just going to be a lot more aggressive on them and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, actually I traveled to a, another gym over the weekend and trained and one of their guys got a body triangle on me and I was sitting there thinking like, dude, this is what it feels like. Dude, this sucks. Like, I'm not tapping to him though. I'm a visitor. I'm not tapping to your body triangle. I don't, I don't want to like a punk, but it, it was uncomfortable. So doesn't mean I'm not going to continue to do it. It just means that when I do it, it's like, I know what you're feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the fair thing is also with everything that I do, I am comfortable if somebody did that to me. Of course, there's always like really just rude things that you can do. And so I don't 
do them. Like, and not that it's rude, but some people like really, cause I play a lot of close guard will really dig in with their elbows on my um, thighs. And I don't personally like that. So I don't do that to other people because I feel like I can get out of it without doing that. So that's just like the game that I like to play. Yeah, that's good. You know, I, I, also agree with this like do on to others if Mm -hmm. if i don't want you to you know dig your elbows and i'm not going to do them in either also i feel like i know for me when people dig their elbows in i'm stubborn so i'll go ahead yeah dig your elbows in if you want it doesn't hurt me it hurts but i'm gonna let you know it hurts like all i'm gonna do is just look at you now (laughs) it's like okay now you're still stuck yeah that's exactly how i react yeah like go ahead i'm already covered in bruises it's fine it's like you like you think this hurts, dude. Trust me, I fell down the stairs this morning, so this means nothing to me. That yeah, I, I always think when people are rolling, you know, especially just in the training room, you know, you want to take care of your training partners anyway. It's like if you break your toys, you don't have anything to play with later, and and also they don't want to play with you. They're like, no, I want to train with you. You hurt me last time. Yeah, that's funny. That's actually something my first uh, coach told me out or told the team out in Augusta. That was like his main thing because it was a bunch of I was one of like two girls and a bunch of newer white belts and blue belts and just guys that were come off of their college wrestling teams. And they were just out there just going ham. And that's that he would just keep saying, don't break your toys. You can't play with them. Correct. Um, With with uh, training or even with being a lawyer um, in general, in life, are you generally a competitive person? You know, I really don't think I am. Everybody thinks that I am because again, I am in litigation, which is the competitive part of law, just law school in general. And then I'm now in a competitive combat sport. I don't think I'm a competitive person. Growing up, I would go to some like competitions with horses, but I never was like, oh, I have to be number one. I've never been that type of person. Of course, now it's it's fun to have that goal. Like I can see my ranking going up um, with IBJJF, and that's really fun. And I definitely can make goals of that, but I don't see myself as a competitive person. I'm much more of a, a peacekeeper. I'd, I'd rather find a middle ground for a happy ending and a good settlement than die over my hill or whatever it is I'm yeah. on. I got you. I got you. Um, in, in, in litigation, most of our case, that's, I'll give you the secret for being in law, uh, most cases settle most cases do not go to trial. So I spend most of my days negotiating and trying to meet, just reach a settlement. They, I think though, also being a, a peacekeeper and just not being a competitive person like you can obviously see for like competitive people, it, it, it serves them well, but the, there are the individuals who aren't extremely competitive that do well. And I think not being competitive actually helps a lot because you're not, losing sleep over it you're not killing yourself trying to like get to the next level you're just you know going out there doing what you need to do perfecting your your technique and and then you know when it comes it comes and if it doesn't you'll keep working to get there so i think that's i think that's helpful 
Yeah, I think that's exactly my game and how I go into competitions is, okay, I know I've put in the hours on the mat, I've trained for what I perceive to be my weaknesses, and then I go and of course I find new weaknesses, even if I do win, I say, okay, I know this could have gone better or I need to work on this. So I go back to the mat and I have something else to work on. And I think even you don't have to be a competitive person to have to compete because you get the goals out of competing to improve on for the next time, which is what I love about it. I know it's kind of early on with you, you know, with your training, you know, still within that first year, but is there anything just up to this point right now that you wish you would have known differently coming in a year ago? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I've had a very good journey so far. There's nothing really, nothing at all that I regret. Um, I think just trying to maybe pace myself a little more in the beginning. I don't know, maybe it's impossible, but I I didn't do too much. I did probably two or three classes a week when I first started, but after every class, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. I was just so tired. I'd be like icing and like taking baths and just so extremely sore afterwards. And then one day it just kind of stopped. And of course now I have like, you know, have a strong training day and it'll be a sore after that but now I'm basically fine after training and I think maybe that was just the the start of the white belt spasms you know you go in it's all spazzy I think that was probably it because now I'm still a white belt but I feel like I'm less spazzy now so I think that was all just not going full tilt and straining your body as much i think there's a wave to that because i think you go to this point where you start off you're super spazzy and then you kind of get control of your spaz and then it comes back but then because i think when it comes back you're fully aware so now you can kind of control like okay i don't want to be a spaz anymore i mean i like look i'm only a blue belt like I, I just think blue belt is an extension of white belt, basically. Um, and rolling with my coach today, I felt like I was about, I felt like multiple times I was going to kick him in his head, like accidentally. And I was like, you know, and as he talked to me later on, you know, telling me, hey, you know, you know, this, you know, you need to kind of work on this or be aware of that. And it's like, look, part of it was I didn't want to kick you in the face. I didn't want to be that guy. So part of why I was really, really like holding back on some things. Like I know that I'm, I'm sloppy sometimes and you were about to, well, there's one time I know he saw it cause he ducked his head. Like he, he pulled back. He saw the kick coming. I think we both saw it. I was like, okay, I'm in a position where I need to get out of this and I got to kind of roll out. So like, in like I inverted and he's like, okay, he moved. It was like, okay, at least, you know, that I was going to kick you in the face. Yeah. And, off of that, I, like I said before, I play a lot of bottom game. That's where I'm comfortable and safe. And of course, because of that, I'm trying to work on my top game. And then I'm, I'm probably very spazzy there. And one day I felt, I felt so awful. My favorite sparring partner, I was up and I was trying to pass her guard and a stray elbow just 
got her right in the eye and I felt so bad. She was like, no, it's, it's okay. But I still feel bad about it. And I'm like, you know, this is why I'm on the bottom. I'm not, I'm not spazzy on the bottom. Let me be on, on the ground where I'm happy. There was a, an incident with a teammate of mine. I, so we hadn't really gone over half guard yet. But I was in half guard. I was top half guard. She was bottom. And I'm looking. And I, it clicked in my head. I was like, dude, if I spin, I have a knee bar right here. I'm going to go for it. And ironically enough, we did eventually work on that move like a month later. But I did, I've never seen this anywhere. I just I saw an opening. Not understanding in my head that I should probably like kind of put brace my hands to kind of keep her from sitting up. So I went to swing my leg around. She went to sit up. My knee met her eye. And when she fell, it looked like she had been killed. Like the way she dropped, I was like, oh my Lord, I just killed this girl. Um, you hear a scream, oh shit. <laughs> and like I dropped, like she was dating one of the guys there. And like I like collapsed down on like hug. He was like, "Oh no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay." Because I'm thinking like he's gonna kill me. Uh, he and I are good friends, but I'm just thinking like, "Oh man, like no, 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 no. I don't need this war." But um, but it's still to this day I feel horrible about it, even though I tell the story and I laugh. But I still feel really bad about it. And anytime that she and I, you know, roll, I'm just like, and she's like one of my favorite training partners, like. Like anytime we're in class together, like we lock eyes. We're like, "Hey, yeah, us. Okay, come on, come on." Like no one else. Like I'm not, I'm not rolling with that guy over there. Like he's gonna drop me on my head. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's just something though. That's the the sign of a good training partner. Though, is like you not hurting your partner, but like you just like that remorse. Though you feel like, oh man, I feel bad for hurting them. Like even to this day. So yeah. you know, with you know, with your training and just you know, being, you know, at your level right now, um, you know, being a little over a year into it, like, do you, I guess we kind of talked about burnout um, a little bit, but do you feel any kind of like points where you feel like, Hey man, you know, maybe I should, you know, maybe ease back to like three days a week or, you know, you know, like maybe I should cool out a little bit or, you know, give myself a little bit of a breather. Um, not really. I think sometimes I will not for the physicality of it because I have been just getting stronger and I can, my body can keep up well, but just the stress sometimes, uh, balancing everything. Like for example, I mentioned I have to move. So I, that's a stressor for me. So I know I will probably have to cut back on my days for jujitsu, which I personally don't like doing because that's the highlight of my day, but it's the one thing that is the freedom in my schedule to where it's always going to be there. So it's okay to take the time off that I need to do other things. And when I get back, I'll, it'll still be there. Uh, so I think, yeah, in May, I'll be taking a little bit more of a, a break, but just probably three days a week instead of five, and just because I'm living there. That's good. I mean, at least you you understand that you you get it. Um, I think 
I think a lot of females get it better than the guys because guys are just like, oh, I'm tough. I'm just going to power through. And then we end up getting hurt. <laughs> like, I think a lot of females are like, look, we're smarter than you. Like we we know we we might need to take a breather here and, and guys are like nah just power through and the next thing you know your rib separates and you're like man where did I turn wrong mm -hmm. so um although I will say on on that Ed I you know I said I my knees hurt right now and everybody's like well if your knee is hurt and you have a competition coming up in like a week why don't you just take some time to rest because you're trained, like you don't need the training. What's, what are you going to learn in the next week that's going to help you at this competition? Will I take a break? Absolutely not. No. But it, I just know, like, I'm not pushing myself and I would go stir crazy and be more concerned if I didn't just get on the mat and, you know, drill a little bit. Well, I think there's something to that, though, too, where you know your body you know you know your injuries so going out there you're not going to go out there like with, with a bad knee and then do a lot of stuff that's going to like be stressful on your knee yeah um also and to that i'm oh yeah i hurt my shoulder a little a while ago too as far as injuries but it, it's fine but anytime i have just kind of like a minor strain or injury part of the reason i like to if i can and no i won't hurt myself more continue to train is that i then learn how to move around that and work when i don't have all of my defenses so right now it's hard for me to do a delaheva hook and an x guard so and um anything out of uh, half guard is hard right now. So learning how to work around that, I think is beneficial to your game also. Yeah. It's, you know, good to be able to, you know, that weakness and kind of make up for it. You mm -hmm. know, I have a friend, we work on Sundays together and they have a bad hip and that becomes the concern during training, I always try to explain to them that if your hip is giving you trouble, it's like, you know, don't rely on that hip. <laughs> you know, you have to adjust. I, I have a, you know, questionable hip as well. Whenever I play, and it's weird because playing basketball, that was always kind of my get out of jail free card. It's like, I don't really want to fucking play basketball because my hip hurts. But with jujitsu, it's like my hip hurts. I'm going to still go on this mat and I'm going to figure out how to, you know, you know, play open guard with a bad hip. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I'll just overcompensate somewhere else, make sure my grips are a lot stronger. So that way I have better uh, pressure when I'm pulling them in versus, you know, with my arms and, you know, my one good leg versus trying to like really push with that bad leg and then get into a worse spot. So. Yeah. And for me, like I'm very right-sided. And so this past week I said, well, I can't do it that much with my right leg, it's time to work on my real white belt side, <laughs> my left side. So I think it, it does help a little bit. Do you find it, you know, when training, do you find it, you know, training from your goofy side? Do you, do you, you know, stick to one side when you're training specifically, or do you try to get a good mix in, you know, on both, you know, your strong side and your weak side? Yes, when we're drilling, because we spend a decent amount of time drilling, and I'll drill on my good side until I get that, and then I'll try 
once or twice on my bad side just so I know if I am cap- if I'm even capable of doing the the move with the bad side and then just in rolling and practice I'll find weaknesses like I realize my left side is for going for like shoulder pressure to pass half guard is not strong at all so I'll then I'll say okay that's where I need to work and I'll try to get more on that side okay whenever I'm working with my friend on Sunday I always have him drill and he'll try to you know he'll try to drill both sides and I always try to tell him like dude like let's first make sure you get your strong side you know Make sure you can do it right on your strong side. But then I think also with that, though, too, it's like, well, maybe what we think is a strong side might not be a strong side. Because I know for me, I'm, you know, I do a lot of things to the right, but there are some moves that I'm just better off going to the left. And, you know, I guess you don't really know that until you start doing it. Like if I'm doing, I guess most people with the lasso, you know, they they loop, you know, with their left leg for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's like, I don't know, it always just feels right doing that for me. Um, And it looks like for the most part, everyone else, but I'm always thinking to myself, it's like, well, that's weird for me, though, to do it to that side. Like, I don't know why. It may be because, you know, if I'm going for a sweep, I'm using my right arm to help scoop and and take, I I don't know. I I just figured something out here. So maybe now I'm going to find my daughter and we're going to drill. She's like, I don't want to drill, daddy. Like, we're doing spider guard tonight. I was like, I want to watch Trolls Like after we work Spider Guard for two hours. I don't even like spiders. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's the beauty of jiu-jitsu, though, is everything. Some things are going to work better for others and then their body type. And then also you can have something in your toolbox that works really well on some opponents, but not others. So we were doing... Um, a sweep from X guard where you took their back. I'm horrible with the names of classes and everything, but I was trailing with a partner that was about my height and it worked really well, beautifully got it. And then I was like, now come here. Um, Gimli, this is his name. Uh, I want to try it with you because you're the height of most of the girls in my competitions, which is like five, five to five, six. It didn't work at all because he was shorter and I had to get all of myself underneath and between his legs to take his back. Mm. And I just could not fit myself in that small space, but it's great that I have a variety of people to train with because I know, okay, I go into a competition. I have a girl that's shorter than me. I'm not even going to bother trying that because it's not going to work. So how tall are you? I'm five ten. You know, that's, that tends to be, like I've been talking to a lot of, you know, uh, female grapplers, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like, like some tall humans here. <laughs> like, like, Where okay. are they? They're not in my divisions. Um, so the, the one training partner that I ended up kicking in the head, um, coach would always have me because I used to be very scrappy and scram- I love the scrambles. It was like he wanted me to. Uh, train with her again her prep because we didn't have a lot of females in our gym if any at all besides her so he would have me roll with her because ironically i was one of the safer people to roll with despite me kicking her in the head um but also i could give her a good scramble 
the problem is I started to get very, very, uh, I, I enjoy pastries a lot. Mm -hmm. So I started gaining a lot of weight and I decided that I'm not going to scramble so much. So when we would roll, it became now this thing of like less scrambling and more like that's like dealing with technique and you know her technique is great mine not so much but eventually i had to get better with that because i had to you know i'm not going to muscle her you know as we're rolling so i had to match technique for technique with her which mm -hmm. did help but then i felt like i was doing her a disservice because you know i went to uh, one of the competitions with her and you know she just having a hard time with these girls. And to be fair, there are a couple of times she had to move up a belt rank. She was blue belt. She had to go against a couple of different purple belts. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, they weren't rolling the way that she was used to rolling. So it was like, oh man. And I started feeling bad, thinking like, dude, I gotta start like rolling like these females at the competitions. Like, I mean, I got to lose some weight and like start being active. And I was like, but dude, I love pastries so much. Like if I get in a store and I see a honey bun, trust me, it's going home with me or a dozen donuts. And and I don't mean like a dozen donuts and I'll work on it through the day or through the next few days. Um, Give me some Krispy Kremes and I'm knocking out eight like before we get home. Yeah, and, I, have, uh, I have a big sweet tooth, which is. Part of the reason it's really good that I trade so much is I can not have to worry about anything that I eat. So that's helpful. But I don't I don't really cut weight. I will the week before my competition, I'll eat healthy. I will stop eating all like my Oreos for dessert and <laughs> stop drinking. Um, and that just leans me out and I feel a little bit uh, faster in my movements. But Aside from that, I don't really change my diet, but I appreciate you saying that you uh, try to do more technique with the women you roll with because that is something that I haven't had any like really bad experiences rolling with guys, but there's a few people that are, they're a lot stronger. Like I feel like I'm fairly strong, but there's some that are really strong and I like rolling with them, but I tell them, I tell them like, hey, I understand that you're strong and you can just muscle out of all this stuff, but that's not going to help your game. It's not going to help my game because, you know, if we go to a competition, you're not going against me and I'm not going against you. So let's just work on our technique. I think that's just something that needs to be always stressed is technique, 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 work on it. Mm -hmm. um, because what happens if you go against a guy that's just as strong as you, but with much better technique, they, you're, you're not going to do well. And, and it shows. And even with me, uh, a, a couple weeks back, I rolled with this younger guy. much And, you know, I'm used to being a strong guy. And I rolled with the younger guy. And I had Kamora lock on him. I was like, oh, you know, I got this dude. Like, and... Mm -mm, much stronger and then once he got out he wore me out and then he showed oh he's not just strong he's technical like oh man like all right i gotta go back to the drum board for this cat but um yeah i think technique is so important i mean and i i can't think of anyone who trains jiu-jitsu who would say that it's not but 
it, I think it's very important that you know you have to recognize who you're rolling with. Because like you said, with the teammates, like, look, dude, you're not going to be rolling against me there, and I'm not rolling against you. Let's just focus on this technique. So that way we know, you know, at the end of the day, when you're competing, you like I always tell the kids, like, you know what you're here to do and you know what you're doing. Go out there and do it. You know, they don't know what you're doing. So you go do what you do. And, you know, it, you know, if we've drilled it the way that it should have been drilled, you're more than likely going to hit that move. So um, I think it's very important that people focus on, you know, your technique and even with open mats, like when we used to have open mat, you know, on Sundays at my gym, the big thing for me was like, you know, having the guys come in and let's just work what we, let's drill what we worked on earlier in the week during class. A lot of guys like to go to open mat and just say, all right, let's, you know, go ahead and, and roll and, you know, get into live action. And that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. I like to drill. I, I'm comfortable with drilling, a technique for 45 minutes straight just because I want to make sure that I, I have it. Um, my guy on Sundays, he comes in, he showed up very, very late one week. So I made him drill uh, his penetration stuff for a double leg takedown for 45 minutes straight. Um, he hasn't been late again. So, um, and he, he's been, you know, doing well with his double legs. So, I mean, it's a double whammy. It worked. He, he's not late and he's a lot better with his double leg. So good for that guy. But that's the whole thing. My, my, when I told my wife that she was like, you're a horrible human. I was like, no, I'm not. I mean, you're there to train, you know, and, and that's, that's helping his technique. He, he can hit that move a little bit better now. Um, that's kind of the whole idea, though. It's like you want to drill a move until you don't have to think about doing it anymore. It just happens naturally. And that's part of technique. You know, just do it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And then it'll come. But yeah. and also don't be late. <laughs> I've been bad this week. I've been late, but just for late to warm ups. That's that's all. And I, I can't do my the for running warm up right now with my knees. So that's my excuse. Hmm. Sounds like somebody's trying to jump straight to purple belt. Yeah. <laughs> Skipping those warm-ups. Um, you know, it's, it's funny with that joke. You you see the joke about purple belt skipping warm-ups a lot. And I never paid attention to that until one day I thought like I'm watching the class. And I was like, wait a minute, our purple belts aren't here for the warm-ups. Like that's a real thing. I didn't think it was true. So yeah. I mm, I thought I like it was an age thing. I like the warm-ups because I try if I get out of work early enough, I like to do a little, I have a home gym, so I like to do a little workout there, but most of the time I don't have that. So our warm up is a good way for me to get that additional little bit of cardio in. I'm 43. So warm ups are very important for me, but I'm stubborn. So I'm like, nah, I'll warm up while we're rolling. <laughs> and then I hear my hip pop and it's like, mm, should have probably stretched. Yeah. So eh, again, technique, technique overall is, is the best move and, and just your best bet. And if you're strong and you're technical, eh, there you go. But I, I think the technique has to come first before your strength. Otherwise, I mean, and, that, and that's not for everyone. I mean, there's some people that are massively strong and they'll make it work because they're brutes, but 
that's not going to work all the time because again, you'll go against somebody that's just as strong as you, and then they have technique, and then they'll end up, you know, getting a sweep and then embarrassing you. But, um, yeah. However, it goes. Who's your favorite superhero? That's all I want to know. That's all I've been thinking about the entire time. Like, who's your favorite superhero? I've been like, like you got to pick someone, and don't say Deadpool. He's not a superhero. He's a bad guy. He's not very nice. He's not. He's not a hero at all. He's super, but he's not a hero. Like, like who? If if it was going down, and you needed somebody to save the day right now. Which superhero are you calling? Does Groot count? Yes, it does. Okay. Groot. Yeah, call the giant tree who can't talk. Yeah, in my gym, I actually have a I am Groot sign in my gym. Nice. And what is it about Groot that 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 you like? Uh, well, I like he's just well, obviously always this I am Groot, but he seems very happy and chill. But you anger him, and that's the last thing you're gonna do. <laughs> It's kind of, I like to envision that's how I am. I'm very happy and chill person, but please don't make me angry. You know, not for nothing here. That sounds like, I hear a new nickname. <laughs> like, that, that. it's like, oh, look at that. All right. She's very, very nice. Hope you made her mad. Oh, shit. Like, uh-oh. It's, it's a wrap. You're done for. Now she's got the body triangle. <laughs> Should have been nice. Yeah. Um, that's how I mean. That's how I roll too. You know, I start with somebody new that I haven't rolled before, and I just kind of want you know slap hands and just kind of see how they're gonna flow. And if they want to go ahead and do their full of stepping on like the mat like they're in a competition, I'm like, fine by me. I want to train for my competition. But if you just want to relax and flow, that's fine too. So I always try to meet their energy. That's good. That I think that's. A, uh, just a good trait to have is knowing what's coming your way and matching it, just kind of building rapport. Because, like I said, I'm a hobbyist, like, I'm I'm there to work, but I'm not there for battle. Like, I go against some guys, and it's like, dude, relax, it's not the Coliseum, <laughs> like, chill out. We're like, like, we're behind a bowling alley right now. <laughs> like, be nice. <laughs> I haven't been here in months. I'm just trying to learn to move. And you're trying to rip my arm off. I need that arm. I like I'm eating macaroni and cheese for dinner tonight. And I like that. And I can't eat it with my left arm. So, yeah. um, but yeah. good, good. That's something also I mentioned. I, we have another coach for our Nogi and this, the illegal stuff that he teaches, you have to be so careful when you're drilling it. And so one girl came and she did gi all the time and she came to our no gi class and it was, I don't know, do you know the hobbler? It's like a knee separator. Yes. Yeah. So she goes for it and she just went just like full, like going for the knee hobbler. And I'm like, um, I tapped her the second I realized what she was. So I like, this is a, a slow progression movement. I like my knees in one piece, <laughs> please. And that's all I had to tell her. She just didn't know. And that's half of it is people don't really realize some of this stuff comes on so quickly. You just have to be slow and steady. That's something I actually has been posting a few memes recently about that with people. Um, when I say people, I mean white belts um, <laughs> drilling techniques too fast. 
And I actually had to talk to one of our, like one of the kids students the other day about that. You know, we're working on a bullfight car pass and he's just trying to blow through it like as fast as possible. And I said, so I'm like, Hey man, I need you to slow down with that. I was like, yeah, but I just do it better when I move fast. I was like, okay, but you don't because you just hurt your partner by dropping your shoulder into his stomach, like full force. So slow down. So then once he slowed down, we realized, Hey, wait a minute. You're not even doing all the steps correctly. You're just like jumping over the person. What happens if you jump and then they shrimp out of there? Like then what? You're going to hit your shoulder on the mat. And he was like, no, no, I just do it better when I move fast. I was like, no, but you don't. So I, I think, again, that's part of that whole technique thing, though. You know, as you're drilling the techniques and making sure you're step-by-step, you're getting it, you know, you you know, you can start doing it faster. With you, when you started training, um, just as a white belt, we're – like going because I guess you say you uh, did Taekwondo, you know, in college for, you know, one of the um, phys ed credits, mm-hmm. you know, did they focus on technique and give you kind of the ideal of, you know, you know, slow and steady wins the race or were you like, nah, I'm going to do this as fast as I can too. I want to get out of here. In Taekwondo? And in, in both Taekwondo and, and Jiu Jitsu. Um. No, it was always, I think, just slow and steady. I distinctly remember holding almost like feeling like my leg was going to fall off in Taekwondo, trying to drill the kicks. And then in jujitsu, at the first gym I started at, the coach, he had different like programming, I guess you could call it, in that he would start off with like, okay, this is the week that we're going to learn Ezekiel choke. So we're going to learn it from every single different position that you could possibly get an Ezekiel choke in, gi and no gi. And so we just would drill that one specific thing the entire week or two weeks. Um, And then also at Diego's, he's also very, okay, we're building off of this. So you have to get that fundamental move down if you want to do the bigger, flashier things at all. I actually just said that this afternoon or this morning um, to uh, one of the people I was working with is that because I was explaining like, look, I was saying, you know, it's not a prerequisite, but it is a prerequisite. You you know, you got to learn how to do your movements from this point here first before you can start. So I was joking about a flying arm bar, which mm-hmm. I would never, ever, 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 ever teach because I can't do it anyway. So I would never ever say, hey, you know, what we're going to work on today is flying arm bars. Not at all. Like, I'm a firm believer in keeping your feet on the ground in jujitsu. You shouldn't need to leave the ground anyway. Um, but, yeah, you, you want to make sure that you know how to do the simple things first before you start jumping into the complex moves. Right. I remember there's a, a young man who came in. It was a trial, his his week trial. And. My one teammate, she's working with him. And, you know, she's like, kind of at the end, like, do you have any questions, concerns, um, anything that you, you know, you want to kind of work on or, you know, maybe focus on, you know, just kind of an ideal, you know, where, what, what do you see as jujitsu? And he was like, uh, I really want to learn leg locks. I was like, okay, I get that. But how about we work on some of these basic moves first? <laughs> like we we're talking about it later on. And like, yeah, like how about we learn how to shrimp? Like, because if you're stuck in bottom side control, you don't know how to get out of there. Leg locks aren't going to mean anything for you. So, 
Um, but some people's mentality though is like, if I get the leg lock first, I won't get stuck in side control. Well, well, maybe, but no. So, but either way, you know, it's a, it's all a process. It's all a learning process. We'll get there when we get there. Exactly. Um, That's what I love most about jujitsu is I, until like 2019, when I graduated law school, I've been in school my whole life. And, and I was like, wait a second, I'm not in the learning environment right now. I'm looking around like, what, what's this adult normal life? I don't, I don't like this. I need to learn something new every day. And that's what I like jujitsu so much. Cause I'm, and I know it's a lot when you're a white belt of learning every day, but I've asked the black belts the same thing. I'm like, here, you've been doing this for 15 years. You still learn something every week. He's yep. That's why they love it. Yeah. You're always learning. Uh, I always find also, even though like on my Instagram, I post a lot of goofy memes that might kind of talk down to white belts, but you know, in humor, you know, or in silliness, sure. But in all reality, I think it is possible to learn from everyone. Um, I, I still learn from white belts, you know, because like I said, at blue belt, I feel like I'm just like an extended white belt. That's all that is. I'm not like, when I got promoted, you know, the guy was like, dude, what's it feel like? I was like, it feels like I'm still a white belt. I'm still learning. It's not like you get the blue belt and that's the end of the journey. Like really you get the blue belt. That's kind of where it really kicks in. Now you're like, okay, now I need to string some stuff together and understand what I'm doing. But working with some of the white belts, I'm still learning things from them. Even the kids, even like the, the junior, um, students you know you you can learn from anyone i think learning is just important throughout life and whether you're doing jujitsu or whether you're building dioramas like you can learn stuff I, I think that's probably why i have so many different hobbies like i'm always school was one of my favorite things because i think we're kind of in this position of learning where you have to learn the specific thing that may or may not pertain to anything that you like in the future mm -hmm. versus now I'd like to learn different stuff that will pertain to a hobby or something for me. Like, like this right here podcast. I, I don't, I mean, I've been like, I work with the podcast group, but I'm just a talker. I don't know the behind the scenes stuff and the editing stuff. So I was like, well, look, I'm just going to get some equipment and start talking to people. And my podcast is far from perfect. As a matter of fact, like the last three episodes that I've recorded, I forgot to connect the mixer to the computer. So I'm talking into a mic and then it turns out, Oh, the computer's mic is picking me up, but not the actual microphone that I have plugged into the mixer. So it's like, it's a learning process. You're always learning things. Um, you know, this is a learning experience for me, like, you know, learning how to like build dioramas is something that I'm going to be looking into, you know, um, you know, just, I, I think that's the part about, about life is just, you know, you continue to learn, you keep your brain sharp. My grandma's 91 and that lady, she's a sharp lady. Like she does crossword puzzles and plays chess all the time. And she's always watching the WNBA and you know, it's like, Oh, good for you, grandma. Cause let me tell you, I like to watch action movies and you ain't learning shit from that. <laughs> like, 
all I'm learning is that Batman really can't beat Superman. And it's not because Batman is stronger. It's just that Batman does not care. And Superman does. Like, and that's that's actually something he says in the comic. Like, Clark, the reason I will beat you is because you are inherently good and I am not. So so that's what I learned from comic books and action movies. Grandma learned stuff from crosswords and playing chess. Like, we are not the same. But either way, um, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. I don't want to take up too much time of your afternoon because, you know, I'm not sure what the weather is like down there for you, but I think the weather's pretty uh, snazzy up here for us. And I think I'm going to take my daughter for a walk around the neighborhood. Well, but, it's going to be a real nice sunny day, but the pollen here. Oh, my God. I sound congested. That's why uh, it's just out to get me today. My wife did tell me I sounded kind of like it was catching up to me and I need to take some Zyrtec, but mm-hmm. I didn't. And I don't know what I'm going to sound like on this episode, but, but because the listeners never messaged me and tell me, Hey dude, you sound like shit last episode. I continue to sound like shit. So <laughs> that's what I always tell people. Hey man, if y'all got some concerns or questions, let me know. I think the one person who tried to give me some criticism was like, yeah, that sounds dumb. <laughs> I don't like that. That didn't say. Oh, I'm not going to edit any of that out. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is wrong with his computer? He keeps muting himself. Like, no, I don't. The computer's doing it itself. Dude, actually, I think my basement's haunted. So, mm-hmm. and so that's why I got the laptop so I can edit upstairs and I don't have to sit here in this fucking creepy basement and edit anymore. Well, you know, basement's not creepy. I got like action figures. That might be creepy to other people. It's not creepy to me. That shit is awesome. But um, either way, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here. Um, So, Miss Julia, thank you so very much for being my guest on here. Thank you for having me. Again, it's like... I'm always fascinated hearing about people's journeys and, you know, how it may be similar or different from my own. So that's, you know, very fascinating just to know, just to know it's like, oh, like you look at jujitsu this way. That's cool. So do I, or that's different. So thank you for sharing with us. Um, And, you know, otherwise, you know, if you ever want to come back on, be a guest and talk about, group and the guardians of the galaxy i'm a fan let's do this like like actually one of the only figures i don't have in this basement is Groot. oddly enough if i had a group figure that would be the cover work for uh, your episode but i do not so i'm going to figure it out i'm probably just going to put all the guardians together in the picture Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like yeah sorry i ain't got a group Oh, I think i could send you i have uh one of my friends uh, training partners it was like a a trend to take a picture of yourself and like make it into album artwork. Mm-hmm. So he took this picture of me right before I walked on the mat and I've got my mouth guarded and my serious face and like <laughs> and it said Badger, don't be soft. And it's like an album. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we always say at our gym. Is like anybody not of course like if you're really hurt you want to take a break but if you're just like kind of being soft Diego's like don't be soft don't be soft it's like I, I see you sitting over there like you took like five rest rounds mm-hmm. hey come on son like what you doing you soft and when I say soft was uh there was a pro wrestler um 
uh, I can't remember their names now, but they would always say, yo, you soft, S-A-W-F-T, soft, <laughs> um, which my wife, like, that's always a joke in the house now. She'll, she'll say something, and she's like, well, you know, whatever, you know. She works nights, so she'll be like, oh, man, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. Like, don't be soft, S-A-W-F-T, soft. Don't be soft, son. So um, either way. to go in the group chat now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it took me a long time when I would see them write that. I was like, I don't even get what they're saying. <laughs> then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little slow. But um, either way, thank you for being my guest. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, and again, if you ever want to be on, feel free to reach out. And, you know, that's actually how this happened to you reached out. And I was like, oh, my star. Someone reached out. I thought you were a spam bot. So I was about to, like, just block you and delete. And I was like, oh, no, those are real words. Yeah. Well, I know Paige said that and I listened to Paige's podcast as well, VJJ Mama and I trained with her and she's like, you got to go on it. You'd be so fun. So we'll see if I was fun. I'm not sure, but I, I, I enjoyed the conversation. I think others will enjoy it and learn a lot from it. So, you know, I'm looking forward to getting this edited, except for the parts where my computer kept muting. I'm not taking that out. I probably will just because, you know, yeah, I, I don't want people to think like, man, you got shitty quality because <laughs> I do. Um, but otherwise, thank you. And to everyone listening, thank you as always. I do appreciate you. Like I, I can't express that enough. This show wouldn't work without you all listening. Like anytime I look and I release an episode and I see that, oh, I've got listeners. I'm like, guess I gotta make another episode now. Like <laughs> if I if I turn it on, I see one or two listeners, I'm just gonna find out who it is and call them. You're like, y'all want to talk because y'all are the only ones listening. <laughs> um, but so thank you, everyone, for that. Um, and, you know, while I'm at it, you know, please go check out my buddy Zach over at Soon to BJJ. I know I mention this dude every week just because he's such a great dude. Um, he has great content. Um, I, I continue to buy his merchandise because I'm just that dude. I want to support my, my crew. So uh, go check out Zach over at Soon to BJJ on uh, Instagram and also the, the website, soonbjj.com. He's got some pretty snazzy um, attire over there. Um, otherwise, you know, you guys keep listening. I'm going to keep on making these episodes. Thank you all. Oh, here's my daughter. <laughs> She's making an appearance as we're closing out. Here, baby, come say goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And that was Sophie. Thank you, y'all. Thank you all. And thank you, Miss Julia. They promise it. Now let me see his song.